Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 120. Hey, Richers, it's summertime. Everyone and their brother are talking either about how hot it is or about their annual holiday. And I think I have one of the most refreshing and cool guests I've ever had on this show. Before introducing my guest today, I want two things. One, to thank you so much for being here and being a part of my community. You are the reason we keep our position as one of the top 100 Apple's podcasts for management and marketing. I'm very excited about that. I'm very happy you find it helpful and I wish it will never end. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And two, I recommend you to go to the Rich or Miss website, see the show notes of the episodes, see all the episodes. We are already at episode 120. Read the blog and build your entrepreneurial business success by focusing on your customers' needs and wants. This is the magic, and no one could describe it better than my guest today, Reza Goodin. Reza is the co-founder and client relations director of Kakao Media, a HubSpot certified platinum partner agency with offices in Tel Aviv, New York, and Nairobi. With the CRM and marketing automation processes she and her team set up, startup companies as well as traditional companies spend more time closing deals instead of being bogged down by administrative tasks. Originally from Trinidad and Tobago, she currently lives in Israel with her husband and kids, and when not assisting her team and clients, can often be found at various co-working spaces, giving advice and assistance to anyone who requests. Reza Goodin, what a pleasure to have you here and to talk with you again. Hi. Hi, Hayut. Lovely to be here as well. Thank you for asking me to join you today on your podcast. Of course, it's a great pleasure. Actually, we met at the Women International Day, isn't it? Yes. You organized some very impressive event, mm-hmm. but you also have a unique story because you were working from more than one continent, isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago, yeah, which is in the Caribbean, but I moved to Israel 12 years ago. So, of course, love brought me here. So, you know, we women, we follow mm. men all across the world. So... <laughs> I'm here 12 years now, and uh, yes, I've worked both in the Caribbean, I've worked with the U.S. as well, and I've worked in London, and now in Israel. (laughs) 
That's fantastic. And I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. I would like to ask you what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Yes, for sure. So originally I started off my career in statistics because this is what I studied at university. So back in the Caribbean, I was actually a statistician for my government, helping them actually do crime statistics. Yeah. But when I moved to Israel, I was like, how do I translate those skills? And the closest thing that allowed me to use both my skills in statistics as well as my English yeah. was marketing. Hmm. So I got involved in marketing. I did it for eight years doing sort of like more in-store marketing. So I worked with brands like Motorola and Apple doing all of their in-store marketing throughout the world. Yeah. So whenever they were launching a new product or something like this, we would help come up with the concept for what the in-store launch should look like. But then after eight years of doing this, I saw more and more the shift and the need for startups in Israel to get online. So I shifted my focus to do more digital marketing and online marketing. Hmm. So I became a specialist in that by really getting on board with HubSpot, which is one of the leading marketing automation software platforms. Yeah. So I did a lot of their certifications and I did a lot of just self-study basically, reading and following a lot of the people you've interviewed here before, like Mark Schaefer, <laughs> you know, and all of these leaders in marketing, Seth Godin, yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff. And as I learned what it took to grow a brand and grow a business online, I translated those skills by working with agencies. So for the last five to six years, I've worked primarily in agencies. And then I started my own agency two years ago. Oh, and this is Cacao Media. Cacao yes. Media. Okay. Yes. And that's good. And what are you focusing on today? Is it still the digital marketing? Yes. Yes. So we focus on digital marketing, but we focus mostly on marketing automation. So because we are partner agencies for HubSpot, it means that we help startups who decide to use HubSpot as their CRM and marketing automation platform. So we help onboard them, we help train them, and we help, for some instances, manage the systems for them. Because as you know today, online marketing is not just a one-man show. It takes many hands because there's so many things to do today in terms of you know PPC, marketing automation, email marketing, landing pages. So there's so much to do that it's mostly like inefficient for any one person sure. to do it anymore. So we generally come in and support VPs of marketing or even in some startups, they don't even have a marketing team just yet. Sure. So they would use our services until they actually bring in in-house help and then we train them and get them on board. So what was done so far. And do you mainly work with startups today? Yes, we do mainly work with startups, but we are also tending to work with a lot of traditional companies because more and more companies, Shayut, it's so shocking that there are so many companies that have existed successfully, mind you, for tens and 20 years, and they just, gener they just use Excel sheets. Sure. So we are sure. trying to get them on board. Like, you know, Excel sheets are really good, and I get a lot of pushback still because they're like, why do I need a CRM? Why do I need a marketing automation platform when my Excel sheets were serving me very well? I know. So there's a lot of education to be done in the market, helping these traditional companies understand the value of putting these things in a technical software. 
So we, we work with both traditional and um, startups today. Actually, it's very interesting because I hear this issue about the Excel sheet, of course, and it's more complicated than that because yeah. we've been trying with a few of our clients. We've been trying uh, yes. Salesforce and most of them didn't manage to work with it so well. And yes, I'm saying that yes. because we have a, a question, which I'll ask you in a minute, but you won't be allowed to say HubSpot, mm-hmm. but we have a question about which tool is the best tool for you today. Not, uh, you know, the shiniest, but the best tool that yes. our interviewees, the successful entrepreneurs are using. And HubSpot came several times, not for the young entrepreneurs, but more for the startups in the second or third stage of their company. Yes. However, it comes yes. out quite often. Yes. You know, this is all about entrepreneurs and mainly about how to focus on doing business and succeeding in business. And that's what you are doing for many years. And I want to ask you, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur or any startup founder that listening to us right now regarding customer focus or approaching your customers or everything that has to do with marketing or sales, although marketing isn't such a popular word anymore. So we don't, uh, we yes. don't need to use that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So first, I want to answer this particular question in three parts, if sure. you don't mind. The first part is really understanding when you need a CRM or marketing automation platform. Because as you've said, rightfully, that many companies have succeeded without it and they think it's okay and it's, it works well for them. So when it is at a time, you should really consider it because most of these platforms are not cheap. This is why a startup who's just in the idea stage and hasn't really raised funds, it's not the best time to get it because the investment is high. Most platforms run in between $800 to $2,000 a month. And you are expected to sign a yearly contract. So you have to have minimum $10,000 ready to go in order to maintain this platform. And then you have to think about the personnel you have to hire to do it. So at what stage should you really want to consider having this platform is when you actually have a need of reaching multiple audiences in multiple destinations. And also your team is also placed in, des- in different locations. So for example, most startups here based in Israel their target audience is always United States or Europe. And they will always hire a salesperson in any of those locations to try to reach the market faster. But what is happening now without a system means that you have to be on the phone like twice a week with your salespeople understanding who are they talking to, what are they doing. They don't have a systematic way really of getting real-time information about what are the activities of those salespeople every day. So, and in my experience being a non-Israeli, I know Israelis love that control. And I guess most entrepreneurs <laughs> want that level of yeah. control. So they want to know that what they're paying you to do that you're actually doing. So besides always picking up that phone and having to always ask that question, you can have a system that readily gives you that information. So you can see immediately at the end of each day, how many calls or emails that salesperson made, who were they in contact with? And most importantly, when they are not in contact with somebody you think they should be in contact with. Because sometimes you spend money going to events or you get leads and you pass it on to the salesperson and you're not sure if they really spoke to them or not. So this system allows you, first of all, to track all of these things. But you must have some level of traction first before, as I said, before wanting to invest in it. On the other side, once you've already decided to, okay, 
let's go. I'm in a stage where I want it. Now there are two other considerations you must think of. Like one time right now, I'm in a particular startup who is, they got investment, but they really have no online content. They have a website, but they don't have any blogs. They don't have any landing pages of gated content. They don't have any real online assets to get leads coming in and checking out something besides four website sure. pages. So they get frustrated because they bought HubSpot now and they're not ready to use it until at least four months down the road because they have to build this level of content. So again, I say to them, you probably won't ready right now to buy HubSpot, but you do need this time to set things up so you understand what you want to collect from those leads. So if you don't have a definite content plan where you know you're going to have content assets in a specific time period, then don't buy HubSpot or any marketing automation platform just yet because you need time to build those assets. You need to understand what you want and what, to, what is your exact timeline to really get those assets in place. That's right. And there is another thing which I talk a lot with entrepreneurs about, and we talk a lot about here on the show. Content marketing or content at all is the only way, and it's a fantastic way, which we didn't have in the yes. past. Yes. It's the, your way to be heard to a much larger audience than you could ever expect. So any entrepreneur, even when they're just starting to think of building something, they should start being involved in content yeah either writing or mm. even being involved with groups firstly yeah i can understand companies that use excel sheet instead of crm and also there were quite a lot of companies frustrated from using the wrong crm so i can understand them doing that but today it's not acceptable for any entrepreneur even if you're just one man show not to use content marketing because actually it's not only that you leave money on the table, you are not at all using the opportunity to make money. Yes, and I want to give a very specific example of that because you are so right about them leaving money on the table. And when I speak my traditional prospects who don't necessarily want to invest in a CRM, I just give them this one example. I say, tell me right now, how do people find your company or find anything associated to your company. So let's say, for example, a keyword that somebody would type into Google is, um, if it's a startup, for instance, that's selling some insure tech product. So you have a startup that's selling an insure tech product about how to digitize form. So maybe yeah. insurance companies are typing into Google how to digitize form. But when they type that into Google and you put that into SEM Rush or any type of keyword search tool, you would see, for example, there are 800 people typing in that certain keyword in, um, in Google right now based in the U.S. Yeah. So all I ask those prospects now is tell me, are you talking to those 800 people or even a subset of them? When they type in this keyword or this keyword phrase, does your company appear in any of the top 10 searches? And if not, then this is when you know you need a marketing automation platform because your goal is to be seen there. And the whole point is not that the marketing automation tool is doing your SEO so much. I mean, it's part of it, but the part of it is once that person lands on your website after finding you, what is the journey and what is your interaction with that lead or prospect until they turn into something qualified for you to turn into a customer? So this is the focus. It's not like spray and pray. It's more like <laughs> using the platforms to actually get the exact customers that you are looking after and you want to get. And what is the third one? 
So, and the third one is basically just, you know, understanding, first of all, that it gives you a full 360 degree of your business. Right now, you see your business in fragments or segments. So you don't know necessarily when you close a sale, what was the first touch point that customer had with your business. And the more you understand that, the more you know how to spend your resources and where to put your money. Sure. Right now, people are playing guest games. You know, a lot of companies think they need SEO or they need PPC or they need to go to enough events. But if you had a way to really track the ROI, which you can do today because of online marketing, then you can yeah. specifically see which channel brings you the best results and focus more on that. So with this sure. whole CRM marketing automation platform or suite, you're able to better track those um, buyer journeys and those results so you know where to put your resources. Hmm. And but I know you've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I would like to ask you to share with us your biggest, most critical failure with customer. The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. You don't have to say names, of course, but mm -hmm. we want the real story. Yeah, you know, there were many hiccups, I think, along my journey. One of them was sometimes like not showing the value so much. And again, like a startup, we often get so caught up in our product and we know our product so well that we think everybody else knows it. Yeah, and we right. have to understand when we're translating our product and services to other people, they are blank. They don't get what you are selling really. And you have to be able to break it down. And to break it down means to show the value and the benefits that your product or service really provides them. So oftentimes, for example, I will go into an engagement with a prospect and I will sell them HubSpot as a platform and not so much the value or, as I just said and explained, you know, how to get to those target audience that you really want to reach. So if I learn to break, when I learn to actually break things down into concrete figures and numbers and show real value, then I saw my turnaround happening quicker. Because another problem was I was running into not setting correct expectations in the beginning of my engagement with clients. So hmm. eventually they got frustrated after one or two months because they thought, okay, you promised all of this. I expect to happen in six weeks. As we know your Israeli counterpart. They have no patience, right? They want things done immediately. <laughs> they want to see results immediately. And these things take time. So if I had really explained the process and explained what it is that they can expect to get, but with the timelines, then I saw better results once I implemented that instead of just trying to sell them or oversell them or my expectations of what they can get. Yeah, and it also gets back to what you said before, that a company should be ready for what you are selling. Sometimes yeah. we want to sell to everybody. Exactly. For sure... A lot of these bodies are not ready for us and yeah. we should focus on those who are ready for us. And now I would like you to share with us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Yeah, you know, one thing I realized that really helped me in improving my engagement and success rate with my customers is always finding a champion within that company to work with me. So generally, we want to go into that company. And as you said, we didn't really do our due diligence to understand if it's a good fit. But even if you did your due diligence and it's a good fit, you have to have the right allies within that company to work with you. 
because you're we're an agency coming in from the outside we don't know not just the company's product but the company's culture and that can kill you along the way sure. just as fast as not knowing the company's business. So one of the things I did spend a lot of time with, especially one of my most successful and recent um, successes, I think, was I worked very closely with a VP of marketing who was not very you know, savvy with digital and online and this whole marketing automation platform. But he yeah. was my ally in talking with the CEO and the CTO about breaking down their expectations and making it into manageable milestones with me. So I would come in with the technical part of how to set it up in the system. But he comes in with the knowledge of the business and understanding of how much more these people want than they actually need. So he was able to keep things in a very um, managed way, as well as give things in certain milestones, you know? So yeah. for example, they were, they were a cyber tech company really that does auto cyber. So which means they're only looking to talk to 20 OEMs in the world really. So mm. they're looking at specific car manufacturers. So yes, HubSpot is all about lead generation and all these exciting things, but they're not concerned about lead generation. They don't want 10,000 hits to their website. They just wanted to get in touch with those 20 car manufacturers out, out there. So setting up their system was a very specific way. But for me being the outsider, it was difficult for me to understand how to do this properly within the system for them. So with his help, I was able to really have things mapped out clearly. So for example, yeah. just them saying to me, what is their funnel and really going through and explaining to me how they even interact with a car manufacturer, what are the steps they go through to reach them, how they too look for a champion within the company before they can move on and really map out everything before we could actually even start building it into HubSpot made a huge difference. And as you said earlier, most co-founders and most CEOs will not use those systems after a while. And this is one of my biggest pains after I take the time to really set things up that they give up. So with this process, I finally saw the glint in the CEO's eye who told me at the beginning, I hate HubSpot. I'm never going to use it. You're never going to win me over to the end of the project where he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can actually see what's going on now. And I see how I'm interacting with my prospects. And I love this too. So that was a huge, big difference. And it's really because you had a set plan of showing them, first of all, understanding their business thoroughly, understanding their culture thoroughly, which blocks they're going to come up with, and then setting up the system to match that. I think it's very interesting because what you are saying about the champion, I love this advice. I really love that because a lot of times, this time that you told us, it was a bit easier because it makes sense that the marketing director will be um, your, your contact point. Mm -hmm. But we found out, especially with uh, software companies and uh, software services or security services, that a lot of times the champion is someone within the, the programmers groups or yes. one of the teams. He is the guru. Everyone is looking at him, yeah. although he is not a big manager and he doesn't have titles. But he will be the one that if he will say, let's go for that, you will be able to sell. And if not, you won't be able to sell. And exactly. I love so much what you said about the culture of the company because we are always so, so focused on saying how great our product is. And a lot of time it doesn't even matter if we don't understand 
how the company works not only with the product, but within their internal decision-making. Yes, yes. And exactly. it's very important to understand that. Raza, I would like you to recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales. But I have two conditions. Mm-hmm. Yes. One condition is that you can't yes. anymore say HubSpot because, first of all, because a lot of <laughs> other, um, other successful entrepreneurs said that. And second, because you are insider, we don't believe you. Uh, no, of, of course we do. Yeah. But you have to choose another one. But the second condition is I don't want to hear about the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I want to hear what really works for you. What helps you win every day or day after day or win the whole battle at the end? That's a good question. And for me, honestly, it's not any tool, actually. Okay. For me, it goes back to the basics. And what has helped me succeed in this market, because trust me, I am competing with 17 other agencies in Israel each day. And in less than a year, I became number two in the market. Wow. And that didn't happen by chance. It happened because of just this one tactic I did. And it's always being helpful. Mm. For example, I built a lot of my agency based on relationships. So I held a lot of events over the last couple of months. And through my events, I made sure to meet the people coming. I made sure to always offer my assistance free of charge, not any conditions, not anything. But I wanted people to recognize me as the brand of wanting help whenever they had a problem with anything digital marketing. So this really, you know, took me to another level very quickly because people suddenly thought of me as, you know, sometimes I'm at the train station and they call me the HubSpot girl. And that's totally by mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, there's so many other people who do HubSpot or anything else. But my point is when you do really want to build a business or when you really do want to take your scale and go to another level, you have to focus on relationships. And it's not hard to do internationally or locally because even internationally, my LinkedIn is filled with international people that I find. So I would do something simple, like even look at conferences I would like to attend and connect with the speakers of that conference. And that alone has helped me as well build my presence internationally where, you know, I am actually speaking at two international events later this year just through those types of connections. So I say to this, because this is something people sometimes forget and they get very dependent on tools and technology. You have to remember tools and technology are there only to support what is human. It's not to replace Mm -hmm. what is human. And this is oftentimes confused with today and all these shiny tools we have. Because if you think of something simple as LinkedIn, how much spam LinkedIn messages you get. It's annoying, right? So... People, again, they miss that whole point of what LinkedIn is for. LinkedIn is for personal connections, and that's why they have so many blocks trying to prevent tools scraping them or trying to prevent you from spamming people so you can't, like, send more than X amount of messages per day and et cetera. So once you put back the human element of personal connections within your relationships, you would suddenly find your brand is getting stronger because people will see you as a person and value you as a wow. person. Wow, and um, I love that. And Raza, what you said that you are um, always really making sure that you are, to people know that you are helpful and that you offer a lot of free help. What kind of free help do you offer? 
because a lot of times people are afraid But, to share something and uh, with without cost so I know and this is what I find really funny because you know like I always tell people who tell me this I say you don't understand most of the people 99% of the people in this world are lazy and will not do what you tell <laughs> them to do they will actually still want to hire you to do it even if you map it out for them because again agencies should not exist you know because all the information you want about marketing is online right? right if you really want to do a digital marketing campaign you can google anything and find the answers there but people wouldn't do it they will still hire you to do it because this is what they want this is the they want someone to sit at their side and hold their hands or just do it for them so I never I'm afraid to share my knowledge so I used to hold for example HubSpot and marketing workshops every single month for a whole day, okay? I took a whole day of my life and will have this every month. Plus, it took me like at least three to four days to actually organize those, those, um, those, rich, those workshops. So it wasn't something that happened very um, just by STEM or, you know, by chance. It was something I prepared deeply for. But in that one day, everybody comes to my workshops and it grew from like 18 to 200 people in six months because when they came, they actually understood more about how to use HubSpot or how to do digital marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. And it was free of charge. I even, you know, brought them lunch and food while they were at my workshop. So they didn't pay for anything mm -hmm. at all. But from that, I got very good recommendations of people now and I got more clients because sure. of that. So this is why for me, I, even now from September, I'm actually starting going to do office hours and small workshops in co-working spaces as well for entrepreneurs there. So I've done, I'm, I've signed with Urban Place and Mindspace in Tel Aviv to come in and spend again another day in their offices, just talking to the entrepreneurs about anything they need help in digital marketing or understanding what to do for marketing. Wow. So my point is be helpful because At the end of the day, it turns into customers. Even if those people aren't your customers, they recommend you because they appreciate what you've done for them. Right. That's, uh, this is an advice that's coming. People are talking about, I don't know if they're saying it as an advice, but they're talking about being helpful a lot. And there are a lot of things that on factors that affect one's success. But I do believe that for each of us, there is... One key success factor, something that really works well for them and helps them to win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? I think my ability to be very charismatic and personable. You know, I get along very well with everybody. You know, I don't uh, have any prejudices or judge people for anything. I give everybody a fair chance. You know, some people tell me I'm risky because of that. But I'm thinking, you know, even when I moved to Israel, my parents were asking me if I'm mad, you know. So sure. I think one of, my, one of my strengths is really giving everything and everyone a chance and then taking it from there. So this is probably my biggest strength and my superpower, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, giving everyone and everything a chance. I love it because, as I always say, I say, okay, we have our three target audience, but there is the fourth one, and it is always the opportunity And the chances and we should always look for them they are there exactly finally I have my mountain question <laughs> which most of my listeners know already but for years really I've been imagining this journey of building a brand or an idea or building the awareness in the mind of 
potential customers as climbing a mountain step after step after step. And then when you reach the peak, there is another mountain to climb. And at some point, I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain or wish to climb the mountain. And that's what I ask you. Do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Yes, of course. Unfortunately, I'm not too much of an outdoor person. So <laughs> I would not do any literal climbing of any mountains, much to my husband's dismay because he's dying for us to do some camping or mountain climbing <laughs> outside. But this is not for me. So I would give you a metaphorical mountain that I am in the process of climbing, actually. Oh. One of my goals right now is to really become a solid marketing guru, let's say, in the European Middle Eastern sphere, okay? okay. Um, coming to Israel was one of the small mountains that I chose to climb to overcome and achieve this goal. Now, even though Israel wasn't like on the top of my mind, the fact that I actually came here was able to build a life and build a successful career and then a successful business really shows me that, you know, guess what, Risa? You can really conquer things if you really set your mindset and if you have a plan that you stick to and commit to. Hmm. So now my new goal is really taking my business to the next level. I want my agency to be world-renowned. World I want it to be known. We have three offices now in Nairobi, New York, and Tel Aviv. Wow. And I'm really trying to set up ourselves to be the equivalent of, let's say, a Gary Vaynerchuk slash Seth Gordon <laughs> slash everybody in the U.S. that I know and love, but for mm -hmm. the European Middle Eastern market. You know, I really think this is something we can achieve. And I am setting things in place to make sure that we get there in, let's say, three to five years. What do you believe will be the one thing that will enable you to do so? Because there are so many marketers all over and everyone is trying to be very yes. uh, into influence and to do a lot of things. So, and you know, there, there are groups of really of uh, hundreds of thousands of marketeers out there. So how are you going to do that? What is the main thing that gives you the confidence to go for that and chase your, your vision? You're right. There are many people doing this and there are lots of competition, especially today. It's so yeah. much more different than, let's say, 10 years ago or even less when other people like Seth and they started and, you know, they were able to get to this level and get to that guru status. But what sure. I still think is there is what, what's missing in this market of everybody trying to be marketing yeah. superheroes is really people who can bring something fresh and new to the table. So for me, I'm always trying to come up with very unique ideas, unique positioning unique you know and it's not that it has to be so different but the way you say it in the end has to be different and that's what makes a difference I think in even all the people we admire today they all have their unique voices they're not always saying something totally different but they all have a unique way of saying it and developing your own voice I think is what's critical in achieving differentiation status in today's very competitive market. I love that. And you also uh, have chosen to, uh, to bring HubSpot with you. How did you do that? What, uh, what, make you, what made you decide that you want to go with HubSpot and not just with all the tools out there? Because, you know, um, there is the law of focus, which is uh, so important, but there is also the law of 
how hard it is to give up all the other tools. Yes, yes. Well, honestly, HubSpot was an easy decision for me because I worked with previous agencies before who used HubSpot and I saw the level of support HubSpot gives. It's, I can tell you it's beyond amazing. There's no other platform. I don't even know another company that gives the level of partner support that HubSpot mm. gives to its audience, you know, to its partners, especially. So this is why I chose HubSpot because I needed like a strong hero or backing, you know, for me, because for example, one of my weak things is sales. Actually, I can get the prospect. I can, you know, get you to the, bring the prospect to the table, but I do not like closing. To ask for that mm. sale is the hardest thing for me. So when I reach to that stage now, HubSpot says, okay, you don't worry about closing. We will mm. close. Just send us to them and they will, we will do all the closing. So that helped me a lot because I am the person on the ground getting the prospects. And then I can just say, close directly with HubSpot and that's it. And then I just have to come in and just do the marketing and everything after that. So these kinds of support helped. And, you know, even in terms of marketing assistance, they give a lot, you know, a lot of the events I host, wow. they will send speakers, all expenses paid from any of their offices to support our events and things like that. You know, they also, when they have their big conferences in inbound, they give you opportunities to speak. They give you opportunities to network. They have lots and lots of free training programs for you. So I do as many as I could all the time. So the level of support is just beyond amazing. And I, and this is one thing that really helped me propel and grow as quickly as I did in this market. I couldn't have done it without such support. And actually what you're saying to our audience is um, you don't have to do it all by yourself. You can represent someone. You can bring something with you. There are ways to do it and to be much more powerful than you are just with your bare hands. Exactly, exactly. And this is the whole thing. Beautiful. Reza, before we say goodbye, I would like to know what are the ways that our listeners can connect with you. Most of our listeners are from the U.S., but we also, of course, have a lot of listeners from Europe and from Israel as well. So how can they connect with you? Yeah, so for sure, I am very active on social media. So LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, you can just look out for Risa Gooding or even Kakao Media. You can feel free to connect with me there. You always have my email as well. It's Risa at kakaomedia.co. So feel free to email me also. Um, we want to offer your listeners, for example, if they, want, if they have HubSpot or if they have any questions about marketing automation, They can get a free 30-minute consultation with us. Wow. So this is something we would love to offer them. We also do free audits. So if you have HubSpot and still not sure how it's working for you, we'd love to offer your audience a free audit of their platform. So anything that, you know, you need help with, again, remember my, my motto is always be helping. So feel <laughs> free to reach out if there's any questions or anything you would like our assistance with. That's fantastic because I think it is a real opportunity and although quite a lot of people are saying that, it seems like you, are, you really mean it and not only that you mean it, you have things that you can bring with you to help them uh, win. Yes. And I love that. We will have all the links uh, that you just said now on the show notes of this interview and any other link that you will... Uh, think that's worth sharing with our audience and 
Well, so I would like to thank you so much. I enjoyed that as much as I knew I'm going to enjoy that, but even more. <laughs> thank you, Hayes. I think you gave a lot, not only inspiration, but inspiration as well as very good advice. So I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish you the best of luck in everything you do and all your audience as well in everything that they do. Hmm, thank you so much. So bye-bye. Take care. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.